This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Hi, this is Sandra McCracken, and you're listening to The Steadfast Podcast. This season has been a difficult one for many, and particularly those who make their living in and around music and performing. My friend Matthew Perryman Jones has been writing songs for over 20 years, and I was so curious to hear from him how this season of slow has taught him patience. We met in my backyard to record this episode with birds chirping and planes flying overhead. We talked about how patience showed itself through the difficulties of 2020. So imagine you're sitting on the porch with us in Nashville in the faded warmth of summer's end. Enjoy this conversation with my friend Matthew Perryman Jones. So yeah, on the on the subject of being late, these conversations for this podcast have been really about patience. And um, I find that this has been the year of improvisation and um and you know, thinking about what it is to be a songwriter and to be a creative and then to be in social distancing times, you know, um, with added pressure, especially being the kind of songwriter you are, like added pressure to speak into some of the areas of tension in our society, whether that's like, you know, there's just like this unspoken and sometimes spoken pressure to respond to everything using social media or using whatever platform or songs and I just there's a lot of noise to that and I was just I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it what it's been like for you this year uh does this year feel noisy or quiet (laughs) maybe that's where I would start (laughs) uh it has definitely felt noisy depending on where I'm tuned in Mm. Uh, certainly social media has been a, a place where I don't know. I, I have felt it being very noisy mm-hmm. and not quite sure. I wasn't able to make a lot of it just, and it was, yeah, it was noisy. It was not clear noise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, it, mm-hmm. it just felt scrambled. Yeah. Actually, there was a point this summer where I felt that was sort of my feeling was a scramble. I felt like everything was scrambled, like kind of a, mm. a t- an old TV that couldn't quite mm-hmm. get the picture. Yeah. You know, and you're kind of think. I think I see mm. a car. You know, I you know it's like hard to make out what that was, and then it's just the signals mm. just felt scrambled, and um, and I felt that way. And I, there's a, a few times I'm currently kind of on a little hiatus from social media, and and I've done that a few times this summer, just because I was like I don't even know what I think anymore. Mm. Um, and so I just kind of had a couple times where I was like, I think I need to just step back and and be quiet. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was around June, I I just took a break from it all, all of that stuff. And and I, you know, I did a project, a building project in my backyard that I think saved my sanity. It was like mm-hmm. I needed to be quiet. I needed to be able to hear what was going on inside myself and. And do some manual labor. I think yeah. I needed to do some handiwork, like yeah. some hands-on work, you <laughs> I know. Get that. And it saved, I think it totally saved my sanity to just 
tune in to myself um, mm. and to, you know, just the birds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I think that it just uh, nature has certainly, and I know, I'm, I know, I know this is uh, from what I know of you, this is true. Um, and you can speak for yourself, but just that sort of the how recalibrating mm-hmm. it is to be in nature, mm-hmm. to just be with the noises that have, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like it's noisy in the woods sometimes, but there's something about that noise that has, it communicates. Mm-hmm. You hear the birds, you hear the chirping right now, whatever yeah. this thing is over here, a cricket. Yeah. <laughs> it all seems to be announcing some purpose and mm-hmm. and it communicates. And so that right. always helps me anyway. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's funny. I think about when you, if you watch like, um, David Attenborough or something. If you watch like the nature documentaries, mm. those are the high drama moments in nature. But most of the time, when you're out in the woods, everything is at ease with mm. itself. And I think that's that's the invitation. That it's like you step out into it, and it's noisy, but it's not asking something of you mm. or demanding, or mm. you just you just are in it. And mm-hmm. and so I think that's. I can relate to that. I think as like, to, you know, I was just remembering we were both on that podcast with Ian Cron about Enneagram fours, you know, mm-hmm. and when there's this like, um, when there's so much internally going on, like emotionally, creatively um, asking questions, I think the working with your hands part or mm. being outside, be, feet on the ground. Another one for me is just like running. I'm not a great runner. But being out and actually pushing myself to like raise my heart rate like that mm. um, helps so much. Just kind of counterbalance whatever that internal stuff, that mm. noise that's like, I don't know. So, so in the in the year, as you look back over the last few months, or maybe even more broadly, like, cre- are there things that jumpstart your creativity? You know, is is the is there a direct correlation between like working with your hands and then picking up your guitar and writing, or mm. is it more that you just need margin to kind of dig deep before you write, mm-hmm. or none of the above? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, the working working with my hands, I I feel it opens a space. It, it's like it does some kind of decluttering somehow, mm. and my experience with that is it always after a period of time opens some kind of space that wasn't I wasn't experiencing before that Hmm. gives me room to then create something whereas Mm -hmm. otherwise I feel like sometimes it's just there's too much clutter I hate clutter Mm -hmm. in general yeah but what I've been paying attention to is I hate clutter but I find myself in the midst of clutter and I hate it and I have to ask (laughs) myself why am I here how did I get here why is why is my because house cluttered right now? Because it's your stuff, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can totally. Well, I mean, relate. I have three kids too, so it's yeah. like that <laughs> certainly contributes to the clutter. But I hate it, and so like I love, and I've I've been trying to kind of practice this thing of just paying attention to my environment and my external life for cues as to what's going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. Like it correlates, like really accurately. Like if 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 I'm if my studio is cluttered and there's parts of me that, that hmm. are parts of my house that are cluttered and I'm sticking stuff over here and I'm just kind of putting this against hmm. this little corner right here just to get it out of the way because I don't know where to put it. And I find that's one of the main things. It's like I need places to put things. Oh, wait a minute. 
actually, maybe I need less things. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe the problem isn't I need a place to put stuff. I need to get rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is sort of part of that working thing. It's decluttering. It's like getting rid of stuff that I don't need in my head. Mm-hmm. It allows me to kind of take some inventory and go, oh, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, I don't need you anymore. You know, and sort of decluttering decluttering that brain space and that um, heart space and and then getting back. So this is a very long-winded way of saying that the that, that hands-on work declutters and then it takes, usually for me, takes some kind of external pressure to get back to work. Like mm, I just like a recently, deadline or... Yeah, uh-huh. I have, I think I need that. Otherwise I can yeah. be really, get too meandery and, yeah. and just kind of, I don't know. Like I, I just recently joined a, a writer's group, which I, I've never, I don't think I've ever done. Mm. And I did it only because I'm like, yeah, I could use this. Mm-hmm. I could use it. And, and it's an interesting. So every week there's a prompt sent out and then you have to turn your song in by midnight on Tuesday or you get bumped off the list. So there's a little, there's mm-hmm. like this sort of social shame of like, oh, I didn't turn it, <laughs> dang it. And then you're bumped, um, and then you're not on anymore. You just and uh-huh. it's kind of cold. It's like they're not. There's no ceremony. It's just like <laughs> nobody cares. You just get they're deleted just, off the list. You yeah. don't. You don't get the next prompt. So I did that. I've done a couple so far, and it's been really good to mm. to have that pressure, um, just to work. And there's no. Mm. Th- the idea is not to write the best song in the world. It's just to finish a song, mm. and turn it in. And I think I need that kind of. I'm not sitting trying to write the next thing or the next whatever and and that sort of space of not being precious about it has actually surprised me i'm like wow mm-hmm. i actually think i like this song <laughs> it's like, awesome. so yeah that's i think i need that pressure to to start the work again mm. yeah i can relate to that i think this year for me i have craved structure more than ever and i guess that's part of like the kids not having their own online school so there's like there's so much freedom and freedom as someone who's doing creative projects most of the time. Um, I just have to like m- make some points and like put things on my calendar just to do that <laughs> just mm-hmm. because, because otherwise I won't, I won't have something to like bump up against that would help me to know mm. it's time for the next thing. Mm-hmm. So that's true. I think that's been, I can really relate to that. Have you played shows? Have you, what do you think that whole landscape is like for performing artists? And um, what's it like for you right now? Do you miss it? Yes and no. I have done a couple shows. I did one in town when they opened the city winery to half capacity and did kind of a smaller show there. And that felt really good just to be in the room with people and, and, and it felt like it connected and people were hungry for live music and that felt good. And I did a backyard show in Georgia that was really a nice evening and it was outside and I played under this little, you know, pergola and that was really nice. So those are the only two that I've played this year really. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was nice to play. It was nice to to sit and sing songs and feel connected to people. Um, I do not miss touring. Mm-hmm. If I'm yeah. Being honest, it's like huh. I don't. I love the first three days of tour, and then after that, it's like slogging it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I've become such a homebody, and mm-hmm. I. I. I often just crave the, the the 
Like I was in Portugal last year to play this festival. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. It was just like beautiful. And the people were so wonderful. And and we were, uh, me and Jason, my buddy who was playing with me, like we were invited to hang at some locals' homes. And it was it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But we were, I extended the time there because I was like, if I want to be out there, I want to just hang out. And yeah. um, But I found myself after like a couple days, it was really beautiful and wonderful. But I was like, I just want to sit on my front porch and drink some coffee and read a book mm-hmm. and write some and hang out with my kids and, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was just craving. It didn't take long for me to just crave home. Yeah. And I, so I, th- I think I've become a little bit of a homebody. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah. I don't have any judgment about that. It's just the way it is right now. There are lots of highs and lows with the travel and with the, the in and out of town thing mm-hmm. that I think is, um, I don't know, I think that's, is like so if if you just had the time of playing music with people in a room and right. that was the only thing that tour was right. <laughs> it's like but that's <laughs> you could such a small teleport fraction. to the <laughs> yes. yeah which now I guess you can it's just zoom you right. know exactly. and that's the you know having done a few of those I I was um with some folks in Texas on a Zoom call for a birthday party last week and everyone was kind of like spread out and it was like you could just tell how much how how much more poignant it is. Like we, um, I think I'm convinced at this point, we are certainly made for connection with each other Mm. and friendship being so central to how we thrive as people. And that's, I know that's like such an obvious thing to say, but it is, it also is like something that comes to the surface when you have it restricted or just like having meals around a table with, friends and you know or sitting long hours or you know Mm. so and you know we can do some of that outside and we can but this season I think has really has really brought that up so and then there's the layer of family and home and the like the kids being in the mix of that I definitely miss Mm -hmm. when I'm away there's like Mm -hmm. there's like a cost cost to benefit ratio Mm -hmm. and you've done well what are you working on now that you're excited about um Musically, again, it's been a slow, I haven't really been writing a ton other than Mm -hmm. for this writer's group thing. Mm -hmm. I've been, actually since November of last year, I started this old, you know, tabletop computer, old Mac kind of thing. Uh It's basically only good to like type into. Okay. So that's what I'm using it for. And so I've been, I've been getting up and not consistently at first, like the first couple months I did it more consistently, but just writing kind of almost memoirish type mm. stuff. Like I just start to write and then it usually sort of meanders into a, you know, a certain path mm-hmm. of thought. And um, so I've been doing that since last November, um, just trying to write, I don't know, memoir sounds so no, dumb good. for a forty-something-year-old, but like it, that's kind of it's more. Let's not just journals. It's kind of going back into yeah story and stuff. So, mm. is there is story a big part of your work in music? Hmm. And if so, is it your story or is it just story? Interesting. As a shared human experience story. Yeah, I think so. I and I don't write generally usually i try to write personally mm-hmm. or i just do i don't know if i'm trying to write personally i think i just do um yeah and then sometimes you know you pull a not necessarily a like you're kind of writing a fictional situation that is personal 
Yeah. Um, and you're sort of hiding behind the characters a little bit. I do that. And I, I, I've, I definitely believe in writing that the, that the personal is universal. Mm-hmm. Um, like I the think, more specific it is about how you're, yeah. how you've seen it is more likely to be what other people. Yeah. How many times have you talked to somebody and you shared your experience and they're like, oh, me too. Yeah. Most people, because we're all cut out of the same hunk of cheese, you know, it's like mm-hmm. we all, <laughs> we're all pretty much, you know, we, we see things, we have different filters and lenses through which we're seeing the world and all of that, but we're all kind of experiencing the same world. And I think it's closer our experiences are closer than we think. And I yeah. think the more honestly we're able to convey our own personal experience, I don't know. I just, I've always experienced with people that, 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 that it connects. Mm-hmm. And, um, and maybe it's just the few people that come to my shows. It's like, oh, <laughs> maybe no, only <laughs> 10 people relate to this. I just, I don't know. I believe that's true, um, yeah. you know. No, I feel like, I mean, since I first heard your music 20-something years ago, it there's such an there's such a shared experience of your songs and the way you give other people such an honest portrayal into your life and into into what you've seen and how you I mean I just think it it's compelling for others and I remember listening to it with my sister driving I don't know where we were she was um, I don't know where she was living at the time but listening to one of your records I think she was still living in Hawaii. Mm. Um, and we were driving over one of those, like, I remember driving over one of the mountain passes, and I just remember how resonant it was with where we were and things mm. we were experiencing, things she was experiencing. And this was like your first record, and mm. you've continued to do that so consistently. And and even when you're doing work like for film and TV, that's kind of why I asked. I mean, that, that connection point between a personal story that then um, takes on another life, which... I do think that's the beauty, like the the live music thing is when it starts to multiply in a way and you mm-hmm. see it and feel, it's like, oh, this person's experiencing it in their own story. Mm-hmm. And it, it was something for me and it's something different for me now than it was when I wrote it. And I mean, just that, mm-hmm. like the multiplication of authenticity mm-hmm. when it's given and it continues to. I think that's the key is, is uh, what did I, years ago, I think it was Michelle Malone said this. I hope I'm attributing it to the right person. But um, if you write from the heart, you will sing from the heart and people will listen with the heart. <laughs> it's like heart connects to heart. Yeah. And and so I think regardless of what angle you're writing from, mm-hmm. um, whether it's personal, universal, or fictional, or whatever, um, that if your heart is connected to it, Mm-hmm. it will connect to other people's hearts, you know? And I think that's how it works, you know? Um, and so there's definitely songs that I thought, oh, that's a real, like, I'm patting myself on the back because I think I wrote a really cool song. And then it just it just sort of misses. Like, people, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, really? Like, that's the, got such a cool little hook right there. And like, didn't you see that chord I threw in there? And I mean, I kind of, you can get lost in that stuff and you realize, man, I mean, sometimes the there's shiny. a few people who go, yeah. oh, that's the cool, you know, like yeah. whatever. And I'm not a nerdy musician at all. So I don't really have that aspect going for me. But like, <laughs> sure. um, no, I mean, I'm not Wait. like, a, you know, I'm not throwing in expensive chords as <laughs> as it were but yeah i just feel like you know sometimes we think we get it and and that's fine we sometimes we need to write a song that we're 
we get a kick out of ourselves and we think we did a great job, but it doesn't, con- yeah. it doesn't necessarily connect <laughs> with other people because it doesn't have that connective power, which is usually authenticity, heart, mm-hmm. something. There's got to be something raw that's felt in, in music mm-hmm. that, and I, I don't know how to, what that is or how to explain it. I just think when it's there, it's there. Yeah. And that's, I think, what people are connecting to. Mm. I had a, a friend tell me this morning, I was talking to her about, um, had a, like a really, you know, everything is improvised right now. So there were a series of things, plans had to change, then they had to change again. And I was feeling stuck with like all the limitations. Ended up having to cancel a music thing I was supposed to do. It, it was on Zoom, right? I mean, it's no big deal. It's a pretty hmm. low bar. But I was having this complete meltdown and I was like, you know what? I can't do it. I can't do all the things. So I canceled. <laughs> I was telling my friend about it today and she's like, can I just say next time, like, just show up with it. Like, mm. just bring yourself. Mm. And if you're in tears and you can barely get through it, bring yourself to it mm. anyway. And I think it's like, I, you know, I mean, of course there's like some fine line of like show, professionalism or showing up where you can speak clearly. But I, mm-hmm. I think it was a really good encouragement, just like what you're saying, is like, just bring whatever it is you bring right. and not try to um, package it first. Right. Or make it, like, if it's a question, just bring the question. Don't feel like you need to answer the question to write the song about the question. Right. And I think that's where the place of growth for me has been. And I'm still scared to do it, Mm. you know? And it's both intuitive and there's a lot of things, there are a lot of reasons to want to hide out, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think going back to our initial part of the conversation around social media, I think that's what we are all hungry for mm-hmm. is like we're actually looking to connect not just package and present mm-hmm. and yeah maybe that's the i mean especially in the divide and in the moment we're in culturally and um socially and politically it's just like we got a lot of reasons to, to divide mm-hmm. but we have more reasons to come together for sure more than we think we do i think more than is discussed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think, yeah, I think we have, that's part of maybe our job, I don't know, is to mm-hmm. is to put the things on the table that people aren't discussing, mm-hmm. that do connect, mm-hmm. um, that are more inherent mm-hmm. and less the sort of peripheral issues that we get stuck on. Um, yeah. There is, I mean... I don't know if we, if as artists, we have a job, if there's a, if there's a job description, that's part of it is, is having to sort of in a way, well, everybody's got a job and everybody with that job comes with certain, you know, requirements and, and sort of expectations. And Mm -hmm. what, what's the, what's the job of the artist? Like, what's our job description? Like, is it just to skillfully construct a song Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think that's that's not an artist. You know what I mean? Like, what's an artist? Mm-hmm. What's 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 at the heart of being an artist? And I think it is. Well, it's kind of like that's what's in my brain to say is showing up. Kind of mm-hmm. what your friend said. Yeah, just suggested that. that you do just show up and and offer what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know. I. I mean, there's something really, and in my brain, of course, forgive my meandering. No, nah, it's good. I'm <laughs> so with you. The idea of, I mean, even if you you were to use that Bible story of the, you know, the fishes and the loaves, right? It's like 
you just offer what you have. Like mm. I've got this little mm. talent I have, or I have this little story in my life or, you know, whatever it is. Mm. Um, it's not about getting caught up with, I've accumulated all this stuff to offer somebody. There is this, um, yeah. this beauty and this humility really. And, and just mm. saying, this is what I've got. Yeah. And this is what I this is what I can give, and and it's not my job to. I don't have any control over what happens with this or what yeah. it does. It's just my job is simply to offer it, yeah. and if it falls to the ground, mm-hmm. that's what happened to it. But and if it turns into feeding five thousand people, cool. Mm-hmm. And that and like that story also is so in the moment. So like there's no there's. I think there were like 12 baskets left over or something after everybody's eaten mm. and none of that. So in a, in a sense, there was so much that there was waste because it was like all in the moment. It's not like somebody took it home and refrigerated Right. <laughs> you know, so, and it was really physical because it had to do with hunger and being fed. I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. like that is the stuff of earth. That's like the stuff of um, really being in the moment and, I don't know, just connecting that with the loftiness of songwriting or art making and then thinking like, yeah, we're just kind of doing what we're made to do. And if this has been the year we're having, then this is what we bring. Right. And if it's not, you know, if it's not touring, then it's something else. But it's who you are without being measured by those externals of performance, you mm-hmm. know. And and those have really been stripped back for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. um, for no matter what our vocations. I mean, we've we've all had some disruption around some of those jobs, mm. the norms of our mm. lives. Um, there was a huge bird right behind you just now. Oh, what kind? <laughs> it was like, I don't know what it was, but it just swooped down. I don't, it wasn't coming for you, but okay. just wanted you to know about it because I was distracted. Okay, thank you. <laughs> We'll come back to my conversation with Matthew in a moment. Thanks for listening. Curious about this. Is is painting in a similar is that a similar exercise as songwriting for you? Because mm. you've did you paint before you wrote songs or is it It's always just been a little like one of those things that I do. Okay just for fun. I have no idea what I'm doing and yeah. uh, I love it. And <laughs> yeah. I think it, it, it is, it's similar to maybe how songwriting used to be for me before it was a job mm-hmm. or a career or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. before it had this pressure to become a commodity that yeah. feeds my kids where I, I just, I would write a song because it was just, I had it in me. I had to go write a song mm-hmm. and painting right now is one of those things that I, I can, I love to do it. And there's sometimes if I have the impulse, I could be wearing an Armani suit, which I don't have. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't own one. But like, I would just go do it. And I'd come back in, I'd look at my pants and, and go, there's paint all over my friggin' suit. I mean, I have uh, most of my pants, like even yeah. these pants that I have now, you can see a little blue speck on them. There's almost, almost, oh, and Anything there's a, could there's be, a yeah. white all speck right. on this shirt. Almost, <laughs> and even like decent, like button-up shirts that I have. Yeah. If I'm home and I have this impulse to paint, and I can do it, 
I will go. And I, sometimes it's that almost manic, yeah. like, I got to find, I was just, ah. and <laughs> I do it. And I, it's one of those things that I can get lost in. Like I don't, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually sadly rare that that happens in music with, with writing. I, that can happen performing sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in recording too, but like, um, you know what I mean? There's like do, that, that yeah. kind of where you get hyper-focused and you're just completely in the thing. Yeah. And I have, there's no pressure. There's no expectation. I'm not trying to sell this. I'm not presenting it to anybody. Yeah. It is just for pure mm-hmm. fun and mm-hmm. expression and <laughs> experimentation and curiosity. And that I have found just having that kind of, um, creative outlet that has no, like its result means nothing. Yeah, that's that's nice to have that little outlet. That and, and again, it it's, does one of the, it's one of those things where it kind of creates space mm. for writing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Like um, Joni Mitchell talked about crop rotation, so she would paint and so she'd finish an album and then put her guitar down and then paint, and she huh. called that. You know, just basically working yeah. the land of her wow. of her creative life in different ways. That's cool. I love that too, and that's. I think it gives us permission to not have to produce songs or to have to produce outcomes as much as just to be that person. Which brings me back to I wanted to ask as you were talking about authenticity and putting forward, really putting yourself forward in these songs that then become so personal to other people. Are there songs that you remember early on that influenced you or that you felt when you heard them, it was like, oh, that's that, the, this is a song like that. Or this like is from this, another artist? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like on the radio when you're a kid or things that hold, they may not even be like great songs anymore in your mind, but something that really opened up a space for you to imagine mm. what it was to connect that way with other people through songs. Yeah. For whatever reason, the first song that comes to my mind is Bad by U2. Oh, wow. And this would have been, I remember being like maybe 15 and uh, being on a, you know, going to the beach or something for summer vacation and having my Sony Walkman and a tape of The Unforgettable Fire Mm. and listening to music for the first time in my life that, that transported me. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling such a, this sort of swelling sense of possibility. And I just remember, and then hearing that song, I just, I was, I still am so moved by that song. And yeah, it just has that feeling of transport. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. going somewhere. It's taking, it mm-hmm. takes me somewhere. And I just, that's kind of when I fell in love with the possibility of music, mm-hmm. like what, the possibility of what music can do. Because I thought, man, if <laughs> this that. song is taking me, if this yeah. song, and I think about that with my kids, like my kids have their own, you know, artists that they're starting to like. Now they're starting to like their own. Like my eldest, Kanan, is kind of finding her own type of music. Mm-hmm. And I just think, what is, what's the music going to be that transports her, mm-hmm. that, that totally <laughs> picks her up and takes her somewhere else that, that she never knew existed mm-hmm. in herself you mm-hmm. know what i mean yep. like takes you into those compartments in yourself that you're like wow i love yeah. this room <laughs> when i yeah. in this room i love that you know yeah so yeah that was the song for me uh it's really good i think uh, i remember somebody made a mixtape of some indigo girl songs and i remember s- there were a couple 
well, there was that, there was one, um, Romeo and Juliet. And it's mm-hmm. like, this, it's a story, completely story. Mm-hmm. And then there was another song. Well, and then American Pie, that song mm-hmm. um, by Norman McLean. Mm-hmm. Another one, not Norman McLean. Don McLean. Don McLean, yeah. yeah. Don McLean. And that, that one also captured me. This whole, mm. the scene with like, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost took took the last train for the coast mm. the day the music died. And I just mm-hmm. remember being kind of devastated and not knowing anything about the song mm. or the plane crash or whatever that was about. Mm-hmm. But I could feel it. Mm. I could feel like you were describing like the translation and the transport of that. And I don't know. I mean, it's it, even for like, even if someone is not a musician, I think there's a way that we receive that creative mm exchange from songs like that mm. i don't know it's mm-hmm. pretty it's fun to think about any other songs come to mind or like when i was young or paintings too i mean that could be another place huh. that you are like captured by or like maybe another question would be and this is all totally yeah off the cuff but a painting you have spent the most time with that huh. is kept that keeps you coming back like mm. either one someone would know or right yeah I don't I don't know about a painting. I mean, I remember one time coming back from Kenya and having a 7-hour layover in Amsterdam and going to the Van Gogh Museum and mm-hmm. standing in front of like the sunflowers. Oh yeah. That I've always I've had yeah. like since I was young would have like posters of like prints or whatever those. Oh yeah. And seeing that like as a print but the standing in front of it. Yes. I was to- and I was also exhausted, like brain-numbingly <laughs> exhausted, just flying and just like. But I was like, I have to go. Oh, and I love that. Standing in front of a Van Gogh for the first time in my life and looking at, I I just remember being. I wanted to touch it so bad. Mm-hmm. It's just like the paint. Is it's just, so alive, and yeah. and and especially when you see like. People would say of Van Gogh, like his paintings were mm-hmm. almost like sculptures because mm-hmm. there was so he'd glob on, so just saturated. like it's just like it's poking out at you, yeah, like brush bristles and stuff. Like that, that was his thing. Like maybe his beard hairs in there too. Like <laughs> I don't know. I got freaky about <laughs> it, but that. I love that. I had. I mean, it's so crazy that you mentioned that. I had that was on an that same painting was on an exhibit in London when I was there one time, mm. and I came around the corner and like. Just about burst into tears because yeah. it was so stunning. I didn't have any backstory with that particular painting, but it was so stunning seeing it in person. And you get to, like the, the 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 little details that you don't see that you don't catch <laughs> yeah. quite in the prints or like the pictures yeah. or looking online, like how much like the speckles of paint mm-hmm. that are all like inside of it's just like what is he doing? Mm-hmm. You really see the uh, brilliance of his mm-hmm. work, and when especially when you can stand in front of it and. Mm-hmm just see all of what's going on inside of it's how like alive it is that's i guess one of the things i love particularly Mm -hmm. about his paintings are alive and moving like Mm -hmm. there's motion like you can Mm. there's a you know what i mean like if there's some art teacher one time said talked about art and painting and how it requires patience to bring Mm. patience back around (laughs) (laughs) and somebody just very made the quip that said you clearly have never seen a van gogh painting like, there's They're nothing so patient hasty. about his paintings. Oh I mean, he would. Gosh. He would literally, like, he'd have a person and want to just capture them like a photograph, mm-hmm. but, like, quickly, like, put this mm-hmm. painting together mm-hmm. and do a portrait of somebody. I mean, he had, his paintings were so just Im- 
Mm. Not that's an interesting maybe a transition into talking about what is patience. Mm. Like, is it impatient to to do something Mm. out of not in a hurry, but like, what's the difference there? You know, like, is it impatient or is it just being in touch with the whatever that flow is inside of yourself? Yeah, and that's how it's expressing itself. Is that impatient? No. I mean, is he trying to hurry up and get to the end? Mm. Probably not. I think he's. I don't know. I don't. I mean, that's an interesting thought to kind of mm. what is what is patience and what is impatience and what is that? You know. Mm. Well, it makes me wonder if the patience was everything that came before that moment, and then mm. there was like a like just this explosion of mm. vibrance in the creative act. So that's good. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was years. So I think about some of that with songs for me. Some of the songs that that have come from a really deep place that were really quick and being like I wrote them really mm. quickly and they and they just sort of held together, came up and just like appeared. Right. Those songs, while they seem, yeah, they seem hasty. They mm. also required a whole lot of backstory to get to mm. that point. And a lot of depth to bring them up. That's really good. I think it totally relates to this season of life, too. Mm-hmm. That in a way, it, it is good, I think, for artists to just stop. Yes. Stop Yeah. doing. Stop making. Yeah. And realize that exactly to your point, I think, mm-hmm. is that the really good work comes out of the parts that you don't see. Like yeah. the the lived experience and the sort of the, I I I love equating writing to, like a wringing out of the rag, mm. you know, and that you have to you have to put yourself in whatever environment you're in and just absorb it. Yeah, you have to take some time to just absorb. Yeah, and then you can go and wring the rag out, like right. and just let whatever you've been soaking up kind of let it out. <laughs> and um, yeah, and. Yeah, I think it requires time to, like I, years ago, a friend of mine gave me a book called If You Want to Write by Brenda Euland. Mm. And I remember reading in that book, she talks about creative idleness and the necessity <laughs> for creative idleness, just mm. being, just sitting. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it's not a laziness. It's not just kicking around doing nothing, eating chips in front of the TV screen. It's like, no, right. go... And taking those walks and sitting by the lake mm-hmm. or just being with yourself or mm-hmm. going um, and, you know, planting in the garden or mm-hmm. uh, that's not necessarily idle. But I think creatively, you're not doing yeah. any creative output, mm-hmm. but you are putting yourself in an environment that allows you to be, I think she even put it in a way of be, being impregnated with creative thought. And, mm-hmm. and at some point, and then you have to, there's the uh, gestation period and yeah. like there's a part, it, there's a lot going on that we're not aware of yeah. actually. And then it starts to show and then it's <laughs> like time yeah. time to go. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a great, like there is that kind of waiting period. And again, kind mm-hmm. of ties into that patience idea of not interrupting the process. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the impatient. Like mm-hmm. I was thinking about when you first talked about patience and kind of topic on I started thinking like what is patience essentially and what is it to be impatient I just thought about like typical 
things like waiting for your coffee at the coffee shop and the, the person who's like, hey, is mm-hmm. the coffee ready yet? You know, <laughs> what is that? Like, yeah. is that impatience or this person's <laughs> got to get to their meeting? So is that impatience or yeah. is that urgency? What is that? So, yeah. and what is patience? And it, I thought maybe patience is just that ability to sit, to not interrupt the process mm-hmm. of waiting mm-hmm. <laughs> or the process of something happening like mm-hmm. that 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 is developing and yeah. not wanting to interrupt that or to hurry it along but just to be able to sit with it mm-hmm. and and it's not even just to sit with it i don't know you can help me well, explore there, that a little bit yeah there are like i think for me in those in those quiet in the lull right in between in between other things in between songs or events or noteworthy things Um, sometimes I have to sit with uncomfortable questions or feelings about the process. And so then that becomes a distraction to me sometimes. So, but if I can sit with it and try to kind of make peace with it. So if it's self-doubt, if it's like, what if I never, what if I never do something beautiful again? Mm. You know, what if, whatever. I mean, if you start to ask those self-doubt questions, but if you bring them, like kind of unearth them in that time while you're taking the walk, while you're building the pathway in the backyard, while you're waiting for the coffee, that that time, even if it's uncomfortable, does really bear fruit in the long haul, you know? And I think it, I think we do need each other for that because if I get in my head, you know, I was at a coffee shop not long ago and when you were telling that story, I was thinking... I didn't tell them that my order didn't come up and I was standing there so long that I was actually late to my next thing. (laughs) And Mm. I was like, I was thinking, man, I mean, it made me feel really bad about myself Mm. for like not speaking up in the moment. Interesting. But then hearing you say that, I thought, you know what? It's all right. Like on one hand, it's like I'm wired that way. I'm wired to just like wait to see, hopefully they didn't forget. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then you come full circle. But to hear those things from each other, to hear these like, and that's totally a small like antidotal thing but to realize that would potentially trip me into a headspace that if I were by myself it'd be like oh I'm just you know I think we mm. need each other to sort of bounce these mm-hmm. things off of each other and and that that is the counterpoint to like to the solitude and to the time spent and I don't know what that was like for Van Gogh but that's such a good that picture will stay with me that the idea of this explosive painting that came after a long time mm. of germination mm. and that makes it bearable when we have a long stretch like we have now and mm. we don't know what the next thing's going to be mm-hmm. when we have to make peace with ourselves and our limitations and our self-doubt and when we remember like to reach out to each other and like that we're not alone in it right yeah that's important is that it's not we're not meant to do this in a alone in a attic somewhere, yeah. you know, torturing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, it does we do need each other and and also just soaking in relationship and in mm-hmm. the complexities that that yeah brings with it and all that the stuff. The eternal complexities of relationships. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my gosh. Children and you know whoever's in your house with you when you're well, you know, when we're in these long stretches, it's like, right. oh, wow, we're experiencing, this is the real thing, right. you know? And we're not, we're not away and back and away and back the way we usually are. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Steadfast Podcast today with Matthew Perryman Jones. I would be remiss to not include a little bit of his music here in this episode. So we're going to send some of that your way. Please check out his work and his music on Spotify and everywhere that you check out online music and listen. Steadfast is created by Sandra McCracken, our producer, Leslie Eiler-Thompson, and editor, John Fletcher, in partnership with Christianity Today. 
I'm Sandra McCracken. Thank you for listening. This episode was brought to you in part by the Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.